Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Justin Reed Sims about running and mental health. We sure are. I mean, it's a topic, Rick, that we cover off in most episodes, I would yes. say, in some capacity. But this is the official week of it. So if you're ever going to do anything, you know, tick that box and do it this week. But it is an incredibly important topic. So wanted to make sure we had something you know specific on it and Justin's story is a very relatable one probably to many and also uh, one of great interest in terms of running's role in how people cope with mental health issues and uh yeah you know use it as a a form of uh I don't want to say medicine but a form of you know yeah. coping absolutely he's also quite a funny man isn't he so there's, there's a sort yes. of there's a lightness of touch to to what he says so it's it's also um a fun one to talk about. And I, I like that. He's, you know, I mean, I, my intro, after I did the intro for him, we found out even more things that he can do. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, so it's unbelievable. He, you know, he's not only is he a running coach, he's a trained chef. What's the other thing he could do? Was he a lion tamer? Was he a lion he tamer? He was a lion well? tamer, that was it. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, he's a jack of all trades and a master of some. <laughs> very so good. there we go. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, very good. Um, oh, t- talking about um, jack of all trades, Ben, um, how's your running going? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're absolutely perfect segue. Uh, yeah, my running's been all right, actually. I, I didn't do any this weekend because I had a big bike ride planned and yeah. did it, and that was great fun. But my I managed to crash, which is, you know, excellent. sometimes what happens. And uh, I've got a bit of a sore leg, so I, I might hold off running this week until it's just a bit of a bruised muscle. Rather, so that's this was a big old cycle though, wasn't it? It's like an, a proper event. Yeah, yeah, it's like a charity ride, but mainly sort of a bit off road and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a bit, it was a bit bumpy and a bit fun. So um, nice. yeah, it was good, good day out on the Saturday. Well, half a good day and then half a sort of like <laughs> yeah. character building afternoon <laughs> ride. But yeah, it was, it was good fun. How was, how's your run going? Yeah, as well. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create the most cowardly route possible, the flattest route possible. So uh, we haven't got any canals uh, my way, but um. There is there is a river. There's a kind of river run um, that I can do. Called, it's called the Waterlink Way, and it, it goes yeah. kind of up to Deptford, and then it sort of goes down south towards um, Croydon. So yeah, me and mate George were running some of that. Um, headed sort of yeah about yeah maybe nine miles, ten miles. That's probably the limit of what I'm doing at a minute with um, after the knee op. But felt pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I didn't feel pretty good. I felt like quite unfit. It was quite hot as well, wasn't it? So it was a bit like. Yeah. I'm sweating a lot for like what essentially is like <laughs> like a nine miles of jogging along yeah. like a dead flat um, river, but 
it always takes me a little time to get into like well i guess while we're approaching summer running which is pretty exciting but the first few outings in the heat you're like my god that yeah that heat adaptation whatever it is where you suddenly go i'm gonna need a big drink after this and it's not been very far or very fast but yeah well, I'm glad, mate. It sounds good. Yeah, it was good. Nine, ten, ten miles of, of running. That sounds. That's three point one away from the half marathon that we got to do in September. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's getting close to me, Ben. I'm, you know, you're doing a lot of cross. You've gone big on cross training, haven't you? Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Let's say that. Let's say. Let's that. go with that. Let's yeah. go. Look, shall I hit you with a bit of um? Shall I hit you a bit of uh, science before we get into this? I know sometimes oh. sometimes the readers enjoy um some of the science that I absolutely love a bit of science. Here's Is it real go- science or pseudoscience? Well, we got in trouble because someone wrote in and said, as amusing as your pseudoscience chat is, a lot of the studies you're talking about are, are genuine, oh. bona fide studies and it's slightly mm. disrespectful. So, oh dear. Thought, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, that is true. It was all said a jest, but sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I'll tell you about one about um, an optimal diet. So this, yes. this, 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 was, this was quite a popular one. So an optimal, optimal diet, diet can add a decade to your life. So it says, we, we all know that eating you know, better can increase longevity, but perhaps we underestimate the impact it can have. So apparently if you, if you went to an optimal diet, age 20, we'll get into what an optimal diet is in a second. Um, you could add 10 to 13 years to your life. And even if your 20s were spent in takeaways and getting drunk and all that kind of stuff, mm. even by age 60, if you if you went over to the optimal diet, um, you could add eight to nine years. So it's not too late Whoa. for most people. Yeah. Well, my, the takeaway from that is literally get a takeaway until yeah. you're 60, and then <laughs> that's then one one possible conclusion from that. Ben, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean the other way is start with a good start, diet in your youth early, and yeah, live yeah, forever. It is good. I think even at, even at 80, you might add um, something like three years. So the optimal diet compared to the Western diet. So the Western diet was looked at as a sort of standard, and they said an optimal diet would have more fish, legumes, whole grains, nuts, fruit, and veg, and a decreased amount of red meat processed meat sugar sweetened beverages and refined grains i mean it's kind of not surprising in some ways there's nothing in there that you wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah. think i mean the whole refined foods is bad so yeah. that's kind of like makes sense uh, you know red meat that's interesting that's sort of you know taken yeah. off the list i'm not a big red meat eater i don't think you are either but still not i've not always big, yeah it's always thought that you know the occasional bit of it was beneficial for sort of certain nutrients i think that's maybe. probably still true i think that's okay. still true ben yeah okay um, good before anyone like i get taken I know. down the, the thing is you, you go into you go into the dark world it's almost not worth it isn't it it's almost it's, like it's very just... difficult to generalize on food it's it's yeah. also personal and, and applicable but anyway i'm glad that if you have an optimal diet whatever yeah. you know that you've said that includes pretty much everything that you can extend your life yeah big time that's a, that's a nice thought Hey, look, before we extend the intro any longer, shall we um, <laughs> Shall we get on our guest of the week? Well, he's on fire today. Absolutely <laughs> on fire. Yeah, let's, it's a great idea. Let's talk to Justin. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete Today we are speaking with Justin Reed Sims, a running coach, track mafia alumni, Equinox trainer, one track club trainer, a trained chef, a drummer, a music producer, and much more beyond about running and mental health. So Justin, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you. It's definitely uh, a little bit tougher to train than it was <laughs> 10 years ago. That's my takeaway for reaching my mid-30s. The ageing process. Um, yeah who knew <laughs> who knew um, 
So, I mean, that's quite a, you know, quite a build-up, quite an intro. But um, what was your route into running? Where does, where did, when did the running bit start? So, I, I was really involved with sport as a kid. Um, rugby, football, you know, and then sailing. And that was my, my big thing, uh, like Team GB sailing, big boat stuff, scholarship down to the coast. And then I messed up. I got injured. So it's kind of like a nice segue into where my first sort of dealings with with mental health came. But essentially, I did the classic, I'm not the best at this. And so I'm going to recoil and run away. And I went off to uni and and forgot about sport in Nottingham. So I ran away from the sea, ran away from from all of that. And I didn't find running till my mid mid 20s really i was training at a, at a boxing gym in essex and i'm not particularly tall i didn't want to fight big boys so i thought i'd stay light and that's like actually now 10 kilos lighter than i am now 62 kilos and to do that i had to run and i hated running but i there was a there was a why there was a purpose behind it and so that's why i started running and then South End Half Marathon was coming around, a kind of little challenge with my sister. We will challenge each other at anything. So uh, it seemed like a good thing to do. And threw my hat into the ring there and ran a 130 for my first half. So people people were like, oh, this is, this is pretty good. And tied into that, I was around DJs, producers who were part of Run Dem Crew. And it was when you couldn't get into Rundem Crew unless you turned up on one day of the opening season, that special Tuesday. And I was away a lot. I was traveling. And so for years, I couldn't get in. And then eventually, I kind of cracked it just before I did my first marathon. But I guess, yeah, the classic, come to it a bit later on in life and then throw myself headfirst into it. And luck luck and proximity to London and the kind of running culture around that really helped. Other than sort of making you light enough not to get sort of knocked out in, in boxing, what, what 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 did you like about running? Was it an immediate hit for you, or, or was it? I, I know you said it was it was a bit of a struggle to start off with, but after the half marathon, did you start thinking actually this is a thing in itself that I could quite like? Yeah, I think once I once I got into the process of training, and it was very, it wasn't a fantastic training plan at the time that I'd come up with. It was more plugging in. Uh, plugging in the distance into the old Nike Run Club app um, and and being so stubborn that whatever I said I was going to do, I was going to go and do it. And then it started to become a bit more of a, wow, look at, look at where I live, look at how close everything is. Because I think, you know, this was when I was living in Essex and then you know a similar thing happened moving to London is you suddenly go, God, this place is really small. And places I thought were a long way away, actually, frustratingly, then once you're really into running, you're like, God, how am I going to plan 20 miles in London? I mean, I've got to run across the city and back again. So I, I started to appreciate the environment I was in and then what my legs could do. If you look back at running, how it was and what running is to you now, what, how's it changed? What's the biggest takeaway from it? Like, the career side of it or just the, the the challenges that you've completed or I think it's a bit of a balance of the two I'm I'm incredibly lucky that I essentially through making a lot of mistakes and then going and working with coaches and my natural geekiness and desire to to understand things 
drew me down to the route of coaching. And so, you know, classic, ran my first half and then got got runner's knee. Didn't know what runner's, didn't know what an IT band was. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, then six months of not really being able to run, but getting into a gym with a proper strength conditioning coach and saying, actually, wow, I, I felt awful when I couldn't run. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I would hate for somebody to go through that. So being able to steer people and and sort of guide them and hold their hand in that process has been like one of the, one of the best gifts because it means that I don't have to just I don't get to just celebrate my race days it's everybody's race day that I work with and whether that's you know first race or you know the long journey that so many people go on to try and get into Boston and you've been super open on your social media about your mental health and you know I really hope that you're kind of in a good place at the moment but how have you managed that over the years and how has running kind of helps with that I think I think early on running was was actually probably a a fantastic mask for some pretty unhealthy behaviors I've been really open about this uh, in the, sort of the first essay that I wrote that that actually running for me became this physical you know activity this physical manifestation of how I was feeling internally so my capacity to suffer was enviable it isn't (laughs) anymore part of part of the part of the the process of you know getting well is actually then going that's not a very good way to think about running but you know a lot of people I think there's a real easy mask with something that seems to be a healthy outlet but actually can be so much about control and and the way you set down a plan and then follow it it can become a little bit a, a bit of a kind of obsessive behavior and I think there was certainly tinges of that for me and although that spurred me on in a, a performance side of things and you know where everyone has that stage where you're getting quicker and quicker it's just mine was probably fueled by something slightly less savory than uh, than other people's desire to get healthy it then on the other side of that becomes you know i've said it uh, to a couple of friends who've picked up running through through uh, covid and through the last couple of years recently it's still my best thinking time whether i'm on my own or whether i'm with somebody else it's it's an incredibly it's an incredibly present activity. There's not much else. You know, I don't listen to music anymore. I actually listen to podcasts sometimes and sort of pop those on, but it's more to kind of slot myself into that conversation and get an idea of how hard I'm working. And and really I sort of enjoy the the being out and just, just listening to my breath and listening to my feet. It sounds very boring, but actually that's part of what has has kind of been the continuous side of running that I've that I grow to appreciate more and more each time I go out and certainly through you know layoffs and through times where I haven't been able to run it's it's a thing I miss the most it's interesting sort of like the split between uh, running as a coping mechanism and running as possibly a source of anxiety and it's something that we've 
we've talked around um a mutual friend leon he came on and talked about how he you know running alongside discovering medication and actually there's that sort of medicinal side of life and running was all part and parcel of this package of coping and jane you've talked about your anxiety with running and Mm -hmm. how the sort of the source of this it's been the source of quite a lot of anxiety but also the, the 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 remedy for quite a lot of it at the same time um when when you start training with someone and you know you they approach you with these sorts of things what advice do you have if any that you know you can say to someone it might well be that if you get injured you will become anxious about this because you're not running but you know also running can be the great thing that helps you balance out what's going on yeah i think it's it's really important from the off when you're when you're when i'm working with somebody to understand what their life looks like i I often say to people most of my role as a coach is is validating doing less and being the person that says actually you know what it's okay so sort of you know great example i had somebody race last week they got 10k pb but then they were going into a weekend of traveling and a bit worried about how to fit working but you've just had a great uh you know sorry, how to fit their runs in you've had a great week you've, you've pb'd it's it's not the end of the world if we only get a short run in over the weekend or if we only you know if we just end up walking around a new city because we're away i think people it's where the plan can become a bit of an undoing if it's very prescriptive and becomes you know as you just said that source of anxiety how am i going to get this done and i can put my hands up and say when i was chefing and training for my first marathon i would leave a kitchen go home and then go for a run one in the morning two in the morning four in the morning it would be it it was obsessive and it wasn't a source of anxiety but it was a source of or it was a sense of achievement and so i think part of the running pulling you out of a potentially a dark place is that incredible sense of accomplishment you have at the end of a training plan you know i just i had a coach for my first marathon but it was here's your plan off you go we're going to check in at halfway and i mean she's a fantastic runner she's a three-time marathon de sub winner but she her world was ultras and you know it i stuck to the plan and although she'd said 80 you know 80 percent of the way there or 80 percent of completion is as good as complete there is a tendency to to be a bit a bit tied to it and feel like it is the the most important thing where at the end of the day it's just running and life is is so much more than than running and so i think understanding where this falls in importance with clients is is the the foundation of all of it because if you want to qualify for boston or if you want to run a pb the way you go about things is going to be slightly more obsessive or slightly more um out of balance i think then it would be if you're just trying to get into running and trying to find an enjoyment with it i really relate i think it's i wonder if it's because i like what you said where it's like if you're using running to kind of pull you out of something which is definitely how i got into running to kind of 
get over mental health problems and eating disorders and whatever but then it became at the same time it very I have to monitor when it's becoming a stress and when it's causing me anxiety and I wonder how you balance the two like how do you reframe I'm going for a run because it's going to make me feel better not because I have to do xyz like how do you how do you do that because I I need to know how and I need to learn how so I'm like using you as a coach on the podcast here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I, th- I think, um, I think giving people options. So a lot of the time, we we're very dismissive of not being able to complete or sorry of completing something as opposed to completing the session so say the plan is to go out for an hour but you're a bit pushed for time and you could only go out for half an hour but we decide that that's not worthwhile and or equally you know we've had a really rough day at work and we're not really feeling like getting out but we might be able to do something short. We can't go out and do a session and we can't do a workout rather, but, but but we can get out and we can just spend some time on our feet. I think it's recognizing that sometimes the points of stress that we create in running are because of this, the minute structure around sessions. I, I, I personally, and, and a lot of my experience is that we very rarely find the long, easy stuff that stressful because it is by its nature long and easy. But when you when you get into the 15 minutes at marathon pace, four minute float, another 15 minutes at marathon pace, and suddenly this lovely, I'm out on a Saturday morning or I'm out on a Sunday morning experience is is so much more there is there are all these moving parts and you don't want to mess up any of them and so it's it's normal to be a bit nervous going into sessions i think but it's also it's i think it's important to know that there are you have options you can just go out for a run and that is not a bad thing 
So even when you're you're serious, serious in inverted commas or dedicated, you're allowed to just go out and enjoy running. And I do think part of it is the the social pressure, the social media pressure that we that we all find, because everybody, you know, whether you whether you're one of the Strava runners who just lets everything upload as morning run or afternoon run, or we're getting a full breakdown of what you've just done in a session, it's there. It's it's in your face and you're getting an email saying someone's commented, here's your kudos, here well, or maybe that isn't enough kudos. And so there are there are other pressures, I think, that we we can also limit our exposure to. It's funny, Justin. Um, Jane, you may not know this, but it's it's blown up all over the internet. Jane's got a joy plan, which is basically <laughs> it's sort of it's talk it's kind of changing the metrics. So it's saying like instead of like the success of this plan is based on me getting faster, the success of this plan is actually based on me getting happier, which I think is actually really enlightened and it'd be quite an interesting concept. Has anyone ever come to you, um, with the, you know with a request like I just I just want to run to be to make myself happy? And could you what? Is there anything that you would say to people if, to sort of maximise happiness in a training plan? What What are some of the things that people could do? So nobody's come to me asking for a joy plan, <laughs> although I really want to hear. I really want to hear more about it. Yeah, watch this space. When I write my book on my joy plan, can you be the coach? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm intrigued. I need to know more about this. <laughs> yeah, it's just to run for joy. You've got to run to be happy, and you only do sessions that make you joyful. So if I don't know how you would coach me on my joy plan, because if you put an eight mile tempo session and I that didn't make me joyful, I wouldn't do it. So <laughs> it's probably uncoachable. But the goal. The the end goal of the joy plan is to feel happier and to run because I find again I think I'm uncoachable that training for a plan makes me really stressed and actually running makes me really happy so that's the joy plan in a kind of 60 second round <laughs> pitch elevator <laughs> yeah. pitch yeah yeah but but it sounds great I think I think for I've worked with a lot of first time marathoners and you know people that get charity places and I will always say to them, if you hate running at the end of this, I've I've done my job wrong. And touch words, nobody, nobody like the, the few that have, have gone through that process have then that have been really nervous at the start, but have a sort of a, an overarching goal of I want to raise money for this charity. It means a lot to me. They're all still running. And I think part of you know what I said as my role as a coach of validating doing less is is understanding where people are to begin with We're, it's really easy to promise the world to a coach when you start yeah i can train six days a week double days you know throw yourself at it and and it can really quickly become overwhelming and i i now look at at people and say the the consistency in all of it is what we're looking for and if that means you can run two times a week three times a week and still enjoy it and not be missing out on other things then i guess that i guess my my kind of you know joy plan would be a lot of scaled back running so that it's got time for other things why don't you go for your long run on a saturday because it means you can have a social life on a Saturday night and you can enjoy a sun a lazy Sunday and then maybe get out and go for a walk I think a lot of the time you know we, we all kind of went walking crazy in uh, lockdown with get outside and get your steps but it's so it's so important and we're we're kind of it's easy to forget that 
the sort of low level activity of just getting outside and going for a walk is has exactly the same benefit of going outside for an easy run and often it's that it's getting out it's getting away from your computer it's wherever you're working whether you're still working at home or not it's getting out into into a bit of green space or getting out into a bit of nature and and just moving your body joy plan chapter one done thanks justin <laughs> <laughs> um and how, how are you how are you doing now justin how's how's the world with running with you and your mental health it's uh it's okay um i think i had a little wobble with running just my relationship with running last year a few changes in life and and work and and i'd been due to do london last year i still haven't done london despite having got a good for age place qualified for it and then sort of a long layoff from running um where i didn't run for 280 days not that i wasn't ticking them off a calendar like that but I'm, I'm i'm back on it now and and in a good place so for me i guess my my sort of joy of running in lockdown was that i lived around the corner from a good friend we did victoria park four times a week we went and saw the giraffes at the zoo once a week and we went and did a loop of the serpentine once a week so six runs a week we had the same conversation about how he stopped listening to hip-hop in 1995 <laughs> he doesn't think jay ever had a good album um and it's fine you know he's he's like 10 years older than me but we we would just go out for a run and get coffee and it would it would tee my day up yeah in all of that and then actually when i moved back out of london i kind of i didn't know where i was at with with running by myself again i think it's it's a kind of blessing and a curse with how easy it is to run with people and then suddenly when they're not there you can you know the same as when someone jumped into a plan and and like a coached session and we're just like but we were just running you know off of just running like that you know for i managed to run a 307 at a virtual london by myself on a rainy day so without really doing any training just by going out and running so now now i'm in a much better place but it's actually come at the kind of discovery of i need other i need other pieces of the puzzle so i'm on the bike a lot more now i'm sort of enjoying the new stimulus of exploring on the bike and i will say that running culture has got a long way to come when it's when we're talking about pastries because uh <laughs> cycling culture and pastry <laughs> they're right there got it. We've, gold we've standard really got, we've yeah, really got to work standard, on this yeah. yeah that's the gold standard it is hard to stop in the middle of a run I'll, I'll give you that for a sneaky bun but i would say yeah that's maybe why the ultra world's looking a bit uh you know, enticing to me now <laughs> um have you have you uh, you mentioned at the beginning the sailing do you ever find yourself drifting back towards these things have you been out on a boat recently i haven't but i, I i'm by the sea you know yeah. so I'm, I'm out in the out in the estuary and so it's definitely something that I find calms me down yeah. a lot more being being by the sea. And again, it's why opening up the sort of, you know, point to point running for your long runs was quite a revelation for me a few years ago. I just went, I'll just run there and get the train back. I'll get the train there and run back. Yeah. yeah. I sort of like, I do, I like the idea of being able to explore on on two feet. 
and then being able to go, wow, London's tiny. Have you ever worked with clients, Justin, who, who maybe had poor mental health uh, when they when they came into running? And running's been a real boon to them, and actually, it's kind of transformed the, the mental health side of um, things for them. I think it's definitely worked alongside uh, alongside other uh, you know other treatments, whether it's been medication or whether it's been been therapy, and and I think a lot of that comes down to that sense of you know the the kind of double-edged sword sense of control and accomplishment in that if you when you're feeling a bit hopeless and a bit lost anchoring yourself to something and saying i'm gonna follow this for the next eight weeks the next 10 weeks next 16 weeks however long it is and then and then getting there and getting to the end of a getting to a finish line getting a medal you know, achieving what you want to achieve is, it, it can be, I kind of piggyback it into the rest of your life. You can go, well, if I can get my head down and do this, you know, and it's not in a, a lazy way, but it's in a, if I can do this by, by putting some focus into it, then actually maybe trying to fix the other pieces of the puzzle are possible, would be possible. And I think we we lose that a lot, but physical activity and running in particular can be this this really manageable goal. And you know, London running community is funny because everybody just jumps up to marathons quickly as possible. And and we have this real problem in the UK anyway, where we just double distances. You know, in the US, people do ten milers, they do five milers. There's all these like nice stops along the way. And there's loads of them. Whereas I can only think of the Great South Run as like a 10 miler that's relatively big. So I think not biting off more than more than they can chew is is a kind of the other the other kind of part of coaching is going, is this can you really commit to this right now? And what else is going on? But but running with everybody, I'll uh a sort of great example I have actually I, I train a couple um they're now married and I was training the guy for his for the Great North Front and he said that it was the first time he's been out by himself you know for 30 minutes for 45 minutes not listening to music not plugged into his mates and couldn't believe how how freeing that was because the rest of the time he's at work he's on calls he's with his fiance he's on his he's on playing cod you know all of these things you're constantly with somebody and i think being able to almost quieten down the distraction around you and then listen to what's going on in your own head isn't necessarily the nicest thing to begin with but the more time you spend there the the more enlightening it can be and the more rewarding it can be as an endeavor to get out there and go, you know what, this is, this is really me time. And it's not, and I don't need a distraction from me. I, I can actually, you know, I like me and I like hanging out with me. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to do it when our phone's in our pockets and, you know, we're, we're constantly connected to other people. So I think that's the kind of, it's the beauty of running is that it, it affords you the potential to just be 
by yourself and i'm sure you've all had you know maybe less than you've had the the opposite those moments where you do just kind of get into this lovely flow and and suddenly time is passing and distance is passing but you're not really sure you can put your finger on how quickly or slowly it is moving it's just this really nice moment and suddenly you pop up on the other side and you go oh wow i'm here we had guests come on and talk about the, the certainly during lockdown when they missed things like park run and their running clubs and, and those sorts of things and obviously you're very much ingrained within the world of track mafia and that sort of like the support network that a club brings how how does sort of having that in in your life as a runner having the community element how much does that help you with the down moments oh massively i think from from what's going on the best part of 10 years now running with track mafia it's it's being able to spot the things that you that might go unsaid in other people and i think when you when you train with someone week in week out or when you're seeing people and you're going out for runs, you get a real sense of their their mood. Not, I think, before you get a sense of their their kind of performance on the day. Certainly on track, you can hear when someone's breathing's a bit more laboured, or their footsteps are a bit heavier, and they might need a bit of a pull or a bit of motivation. But you can also then sense the tie into the conversation before. You know, how's work going? What's going on? You know, how's your relationships and all of that. That then play into how they're performing and how they're how they're acting in the session and it's also I think now certainly I'm I know you guys have spoken about reds and you know I'm doing a postgrad at the moment in performance nutrition and so much of the research around reds and and eating disorders and disordered eating in in running points to particularly in men ironically one of the symptoms of reds being depression and anxiety and irritability and when there's this aesthetic demand on people through social media and through you know just generally looking at what does a fast runner look like i think much more you can pick up on if people are a bit crabby and a bit you know but also their their body's changing or you know they're not happy with their body you can start to pick the pieces like put the pieces together and say are you okay are you are you eating enough because we're all susceptible to the to the demands of you know looking looking good or, or wanting to look good and endurance sports in particular have i think such a troubled relationship with with you know with body image and so being in those environments and seeing people and and sort of being able to learn about them in what is a really disarming space. I don't know if you guys saw, it was quite a while ago now, there was a short on on YouTube called The Runners in Victoria Park. It's brilliant, yeah. And and that, you know, they were asking incredibly personal questions and people were just like, oh, let me tell you all about my sex life and all about my relationship troubles. But there is something about about movement and about moving your body that is very disarming. And so having those environments, I think, where people know that they can turn up 
and they will know somebody and they will be supported and guided through it. That's really important. It also, you end up creating these little tribes. You know, I, I always say to people when they come to Track Mafia, you guys will, you'll soon fall in around somebody. Just recognize them, talk to them, talk to them in the warm, in the cool down. Once you've fallen in in a session and you know exactly where you are, roughly where you are, and then they'll turn up and they'll say, oh, great, that person's here because they know that they're going to be running together tonight. And, you know, over the weeks, over the months, that bond and that friendship, it starts by just being similar in your physical ability, but it develops into so much more. Justin, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and having a, a discussion with us about running, the, the great power that it has in helping people. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, find out a bit more about what you do, what's, what's the best place to find that information? You can either go to House of Cardinal on Instagram or tap me up at alamareathletic.com. Yeah, we'll put some links in the bio and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, th- thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to Justin Reed Sims and to you, of course, for listening. If you are struggling with your mental health, depression, experiencing feelings of isolation and loneliness, there are a number of charities you can reach out to. The Samaritans at Samaritans.org, Mind, which is mind.org.uk, Calm, which is thecalmzone.net, and Beat, which deals with eating disorders, which is beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Thanks for listening. You'll hear from us next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.